downtown Detroit recording live. Prepare yourself for a hoppy drive. If you're chilling at home, pop that growler and just kick back for the next two hours. It's the end of the week, so here's to the weekend. It's Better on Draft with Rob, Matt, Nick, and Ken. And we are live, episode 221, Better on Draft podcast. I am happy to be here. It is right now the original three from episode one, not in studio, but in our houses. My name is Ken. Again, you can listen to us live, facebook.com forward slash better on draft. You can also download the hot mic, use the code BOD to watch. So if you're not a Facebook user, you can still watch us live, ask us questions live, especially if we have a guest, you can ask any question you want to. Uh, going with a Dan. Dan, how you doing? What hey, are you drinking? Yeah, you know, I'm pulling a Nick. I have to. That's a weekly thing now. Yay! So, um, I got my own little thing on this show. You now. do. You, <laughs> that, that's stuck forever, man. So I've got a Sleepy Dog Brewing Wet Dog Peanut Butter Stout. Amazing beer, light, low price point too. One of my favorites out here. Um, Arizona beer owned by a Chicago brewery. Now it's kind of a long story. And then had to go with the regular, the old Ooh. Dragon's Milk. Haven't had one in a while, so I thought I'd crack one open. Still the most consistent barrel age year round beer out there. Easily. I will I will stand by that. I will fight people for that. Nick, how you doing? And what two beers are you drinking? Uh, <laughs> well, um, I'm doing great. Um I'm not drinking beer. I'm going the Matt Bush route and Oh no. Seltzers? Yeah. Seltzer boy. Oh, boy. Hey, hey, you know what? I did it for a while. It's all yeah. So I got the Smirnoff Red, White, and Berry, and then the Truly Wild Berry. So I'm on a berry kick right now, but (laughs) in typical Nick fashion. The uh, that that Red, White, and Berry is so good. Um, I, I, I know it's a Smirnoff product. I know it's a big product. I know we're supposed to be, you know, against the man, but I remember having it last year at the world expo of beer. And I remember yep. secretly being like upset and happy. That was the best thing I had there. <laughs> you, I, re- I got there at world expo of beer and you're like, you need to try this. And I'm like, well, where is it? You point me in a direction. And I'm like, I was trying to find her something just to say that I that I hate about it and I couldn't. No, it's it's fruity without being I have it. It's it's I, that I, fruity without being sugary, which I think is the big thing that yeah. um a lot of those uh like there's it's not sugary, it's not syrupy. Um so I think it's got definitely a lot going for it right now. I uh if you guys have been noticing the trend, uh actually I just realized that this is a 7% beer, which is why I've been drunk a few nights. Uh but Shorts <laughs> Bel Air Brown and of course a backup Shorts Bel Air Brown. Um I so am how, So nice. I got to ask Ken, how many brown ales have you had on this show in a row over the last X number of weeks. I think I'm probably on four, or probably four or five weeks in a row. Um, I was I was cycling through like the poet brunch stout. Um, I'm trying to think B43, which I got a can back in my little fridge over there. Uh, but yeah, I have I have been definitely going a little bit harder on the Browns. What's nice though is is that I just picked up or I just put in an order for batch brewing which is uh, going to have an alt beer in it since they just uh, launched an alt beer. Um, So I bought two four packs. And then I know uh, B Nectar is doing a trying to kick the kegs uh, because they still have a lot of kegs of beer and they're (laughs) trying to get rid of it. So they're selling four pack cans of uh, drafted beer for dirt cheap. 
So I will be uh, heading over to Detroit and Ferndale tomorrow to pick up a lot of uh, good beer and mead, that is for sure. Uh, we do have two guests on the line. One of them did – oh, there he is. He's still there. Um, <laughs> we, we got two guests. Uh, we'll go with John first. Why don't you introduce yourself? Uh, tell us what you do and what company you work for. Hi. My name is John Walker. I uh, am the head brewer and co Founder at Athletic Company in Stratford, Connecticut. All we, right. Yeah, we brew exclusively non-alcoholic beer. And uh, on the on the other side of the screen, I have Bill. Uh, why don't you tell us who you are, what you do, and uh, why don't you give us a little tour? So those of you who are watching Facebook.com forward slash Better on Draft, you can see the video replay on Facebook as well as YouTube. Um, so Bill, what do you do, and uh, where are you? Hey, thanks for having us on. Um, yeah, I'm Bill, the other co-founder of Athletic Brewing. Um, I'm in our San Diego brewery. So John's on the east. I'm on the west right now this week. Um, but behind me here is a look at our new canning line that we're super psyched about. It's a Crohn's high-speed canning line uh, in the background there. Thanks for having us on, though. Yeah, we appreciate you coming on. I'll, let's, uh, I'll leave it to either of you to answer. Um, who, uh, who kind of had the idea for Athletic, and where did you get the name from? Um, that would be me, uh, kind of because Athletic emerged kind of as a natural pain point in my life. Um, I'm a craft beer lover. I went to college in Vermont um, up at Middlebury, which, I mean, in the mid-2000s, had access to some of the best regional craft breweries in the country between, um, yeah, and it's, uh, so, like, Otter Creek was a quarter mile down the street from my off-campus house, and, like, we got great exposure to early craft beer there. Um, and as I moved into the city, uh, New York City, for a decade after that, um, I was hunting around the city, loved craft beer, like, spent so much of my life socializing with friends and family and going to bars and just, like, hunting down good beer in New York. Um, but as I turned 30, I didn't, like, drinking craft beer every time I went out to meals or like work dinners and stuff like that didn't necessarily fit as well with my work schedule or getting up early to work out and stuff like that. So I started to cut back a little bit as I got older and I really missed having beer that fit into all those occasions. And it kind of said to me that craft beer was really missing like five days of the week or four days of the week. Um, and with all the innovation out there, it just blew my mind that craft beer hadn't touched anything super low alcohol or non-alcoholic. And um, that curiosity kind of got me to reading textbooks. And um, I did a lot of work on the idea and the business plan. Um, never, ever would have thought I'd start my own business, especially a food or beer business. Um, and that's kind of when I teamed up with John. And uh, John brought in the real expertise on the brewing side to our team. Well, John, why don't you talk to us about how it is to brew uh, a non-alcoholic beer? Did you brew regular beer prior? And by regular, I mean just alcoholic, I guess. Yeah, I was brewing at a Second Street Brewery in Santa Fe, New Mexico. I was there for a better part of seven years. Uh, and, you know, we we're a small brew pub, great place. And I, yeah, it was no normal beer. But then I teamed up with Bill and I was kind of driven by the inspiration and the, the mission behind the company and the creativity that was going into it and just kind of diversifying beer, if you will. 
And so, you know, our, we set out to make craft non-alcoholic beer and using traditional brewing methods. And so, you know, I, there are, I could say, no differences and a ton of differences all at the same time in making a really good non-alcoholic beer. What is the, the biggest change of going from making alcoholic to non-alcoholic beer? Because I would assume the process is fairly the same, but there's got to be little differences that obviously don't ferment sugar. Or I mean, is I, talk to me like I'm an idiot because sometimes I am. Um, like, are you fermenting sugar? Are you like removing alcohol? Like, how does, how does non-alcoholic beer actually work? Because you still have some alcohol in it. It's just a, such a small amount that it's ineffective. Yeah, I mean, the, traditionally it's been removed, and those ways are are great, and they make some great products. And um, the way we do it, we we don't pick. There's no like one method that we chose. So we have a myriad of of complex procedures within the brewing process, and we just come out with a super sessionable non-alcoholic beer. Um, and I think the biggest difference probably is just um, attention to detail and cleanliness and food safety. Um, food safety is a huge one because we don't have the ethanol to keep bacteria or any pathogens at bay. So, you know, I'd say that's the biggest difference between normal and non-alcoholic brewery. Dan, you got a question? Say what now? I said, Dan, do you have do a I? question? Yes. No, I'm just sitting here listening. <laughs> That's fine. I can keep going. Keep going. It's my bad. Um, so, I, actually, I do have a question. There we go. I don't think we talked about it yet. My bad. I was kind of distracted. So what made you guys want to do non-alcoholic brewing? It's kind of an interesting thing. Not a lot of people do it. I mean, you don't find too many non-alcoholic breweries out there. Well, like a full non-alcoholic brewery. even. Yeah, exactly. So you don't carry anything that like I'm not going to find a barrel aged anything of yours out there. Um, <laughs> can we get a barrel aged? You can, you can, you can, I mean, yeah. they, they, they make barrel aged coffees like reputation makes a barrel aged coffee. So you could technically barrel age, uh, a non-alcoholic beer, get a bourbon, yeah, it, bourbon flavor without the actual alcohol. I, I think we have proven at this point that we can pretty much do anything that we want. And we've really just scratched the surface. <sighs> Well, what is it that you want to what, – what's the next goals within Athletic? Because I know when you guys start selling stuff and doing e-commerce, your stuff sells out really fast. Um, I'm guessing to the point where why you're in San Diego, I'm assuming. Or is, was San Diego always your, your site? Because for some reason, I thought you guys were in the Northeast. Um, there we sorry, go. I'm the, I kind of relocated a noisy room, so I've been on mute. But um, yeah, we're – John and I both grew up in Connecticut, so building the brewery in our backyard was a natural fit. Um, San Diego was something we kind of followed our e-commerce data, and California was purchasing a ton of our beer without any marketing. Um, and there just happened to be a great used brewery that we could kind of move into and make our own out here as well. Uh, Ashley Price is saying there is a barrel-aged NA out there called Gravitas, so we'll have to uh, Interesting. definitely look out. Now, prior to us joining into the um, the chat, we were talking about how uh, you guys were initially selling into Michigan but had to stop. Um, explain to us kind of how that happened, what happened, and uh, anything you want to announce for the future of Michigan with uh, Athletic Brewing. 
For sure. It's um, so the legal landscape isn't totally clear on not alcoholic. Uh, the federal definition is um, anything below 0.5 isn't beer or alcohol. And so it's not regulated as such. And you can ship it anywhere you want. Um, unfortunately, Michigan is one of five states that treats non-alcoholic beer as full-strength beer. So it's regulated more than the actual federal definition. Um, so we did just find that out and had to stop shipping e-commerce into Michigan. Um, but as a result of that, we didn't want to disappoint our customers and community in Michigan. And so uh, we've been building relationships with a couple of distributor partners over a long time there. And we'll be launching in July or August at retail stores in Michigan. So we're that, super excited about that. That's awesome. So obviously you'll be able to pick that up. We didn't know Ashley's in the chat. He sells over at Holiday Market. You probably can go get it over at Zatuna Liquor over in Rochester Hills, just south of M59 on Rochester Road. Sorry, guys. Got to pay the bills. Uh, a little segue there, Ken. Thank you so much. I 221 episodes down. I am really good at those. Um, now, my question, we, we had an interesting conversation. This was a handful of years ago at the Kunin Summer Solstice uh, Festival where we had a guy who uh, ran a craft beer shop in Japan. And what we learned was is that in Japan, homebrewing is illegal to make actual beer, but you can still make non-alcoholic beer and you won't get in trouble if you accidentally have some type of fermentation that causes into <laughs> beer. Can you guys accidentally have you guys accidentally <laughs> caused like higher than your your standard uh, NA percentage or um, are you guys just too good? Um, you know, just like in any brewing, there are always batches that don't turn out the ways that, you know, you always expert that you hope for them to, uh, you know, we just don't release them and, you know, we, we don't, we don't send it out unless it meets our criteria. Do you guys have any license to sell uh non or a uh, beer itself? Or is that like what your license curtails is to sell beer? You just choose to sell non-alcoholic or is it a different license to sell non-alcoholic versus regular beer? Um, we do have our brewers notice federally, um, but we're not licensed in any individual States to sell alcohol yet. Uh, so we, that would be pretty easy to do. And we'll have to do that in Michigan to sell what, the state deems full strength beer <laughs> that whole half percent or less. Yeah. So, so, so on that, when you guys brew non-alcoholic in the event that you guys go over that, what a 0.5 threshold, what happens to that liquid? Does that just get thrown out? Gets wasted? Or, I mean, are, are you guys trying to see if you can salvage it somehow? Uh, we dilute to below 0.5% and it goes down the drain. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. You don't drink it. You don't take it home. Oh, well, I mean, some small <laughs> pilot that. Like, I actually made this 10% beer that I was trying to make 0.5%. <laughs> like, oops. There's, there are such things as hobby accidents and non alcoholic beer, also. <laughs> so, so then how often does something like that happen? You guys are good at what you do. I'm guessing not very often. Yeah, it's not very often. Um, we, you know, we have an incredible team of really skilled professionals and creative people and people in food safety. Um, and we have, you know, we're just really honed our skills and we have some amazing facilities and equipment. And so, you know, I, I, 
neither Bill nor I can take any credit for it at this point, but you know, everybody's doing a fantastic job of just making sure everything that comes out of our, comes out of our brew kettle is like spot on. How many barrels are you guys doing doing a year? Um, we did about 10,000 last year. Um, cruising along this year just just a little bit that's for sure um are you guys seeing the the demand change with the the prominence of uh people are trying to act a little bit more healthier these days the sober october and dry january into february for or i guess it would be march and april for lent um are those what i would think be your biggest times and sellers or is it just kind of a year-round constant uh, we definitely see some surges and it's really easy to do um, inter- like customer introduction in January and get trial. Um, but really the category is so early in discovery phase in the U.S. that um, it's, it's really growing off like a 30-year flat line where there are no new products from 1990 to 2017 in the country. So um, it, people are just starting to discover that there's good tasting non-alcoholic beer out there. And so it grew like um, low single digits 2018. It grew 23% in 2019. And it's up like 44% year to date in scan data so far this year. That's that's quite interesting because obviously with the, the change of, um, I guess you could say the culture, everyone's staying at home, nobody's really going out and driving. One thing that we all noticed, and I'll lead the question to you guys because all three of us have answered it. Yes. Do you guys find yourselves drinking more now that you know <laughs> the rules have changed a little bit in regards to going out or is everything the same? I mean, Bill, you talked about how you wanted to, you know, working out and stuff. You're, you're a little bit on the health conscious side. Um, are, you, are you drinking more or less than you were? Uh. So yeah, Bill. Bill doesn't drink. Period. Bill doesn't drink. Period. Oh, okay. So, did did, so did I that. did I miss that? Because you said you were talking about. Yeah, I scaled back all the way to zero. Scaled is okay. So I did nice. hear that you were drinking. You just scaled to zero. Perfectly yeah. fine. And, uh, it, uh, yeah, our company definitely emerged out of like total void of options out there. Like it is. It is super. Like now there are better options, but three or four years ago. It was super scary to go out to bars and restaurants. Like you could have an amazing meal and have to pair it with like a diet coke or a water. <laughs> yep. You know, I I uh, uh, well, let me let me ask John. Let John answer the question first. Are you? Or do you feel like you're drinking more now that you're kind of home a little bit more? Or are you even home a little bit more? Or are you still ramping production? Uh, we're still busy, uh, you know, doing some production, and but I have been home more just you know throughout the past couple of months. And honestly, it's, it's had the adverse effects, you know, since starting this company, I've drank less because I've just seen, you know, I found that I enjoy our beer just like a beer. It just doesn't have alcohol in it. Um, and then being around, so I have two little kids and a wife who needs me and wants me coherent. And when (laughs) you're in the house with everybody for that long, uh, if you were drinking, things might not go so well. So, you know, just trying to trying to keep mindful and active, and keep the kids active and running. And so, so I, um, yeah, one hundred percent understand. Actually, let's give a, a big congratulations, Mister Nicholas is going to be a papa here. 
So uh, congratulations, Nick, yeah. a first-time <laughs> dad. Thank you. Thank you. You scored a uh, goal, Nick. Congrats. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I did, Dan. <laughs> November, November, 20, November 27, it, life completely changes. I'm just like the 2008 Lions, owing everything. <laughs> oh, Lord. Um, we, we have Nick. a few questions. I'll go. What the, oh, what up, Dan? Oh, I'm sorry. Nick, is that the day after Thanksgiving? I don't know. Is it? Now you're gonna make me look. I know it's right around that time, but you're, you're gonna have them. You're gonna be at the game on Thanksgiving, <laughs> assuming you can go. <laughs> still waiting to hear about. Oh, obviously, we're still a few months away from that. the The message that I've been getting from my ticket rep: season's going on as planned. So who, who the hell knows? Oh yeah, did did there might not even be a football season. Yeah, we're gonna get a hockey season at least, but not in Detroit. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, not professional fourth, hockey. Fourth, fourth worst team in the NHL. I think we're getting the number four draft pick or something. No, they were the worst team. I was gonna say, yeah, we. Wait, how are they the worst team? But didn't they, they have like eleven wins? Man, it's. Uh, I think NHL is a lottery. Oh, they do the yeah. lottery in the end? Oh. Yeah. That's what the hell I know. Um, oh, so I'm a football guy, so. We have, a, we have a few questions from the chat. Yeah. A lot of it's based on distro, which is perfectly fine because I know we do concentrate a lot more on the business uh, than anything. Um, what are the offerings that you're going to start in uh, Michigan? So what, what beers are coming to Michigan first? Uh, we'll have our flagships, our Upside Dawn Gold Nail, and our Run Wild IPA. And uh, are you guys just going to be sending out, um, uh, I guess it would be cans, or are you going to be doing drafts too? Are you going to be able to send drafts to these areas or, or kegs? Uh, yeah, in the immediate future, we're just going to focus on our uh, six-packs and cans. And hopefully in the not too distant future, we're going to be working on our draft program. And somebody wants to know if you're hiring for Michigan. (laughs) Uh, All right. There you go. (laughs) Well, uh, the person who's asking, I personally trust, even though you guys know me for about 30 minutes so far, Um, (laughs) but someone questions are all from one person. (laughs) I mean, I mean, it is a guy we've had him on the show before. Uh, Really, really intelligent in the, uh, the system itself makes me feel like a lazy ass too, with all of his, uh, Oh, look uh, who's joining uh, running. Cause he'll, he'll post his map, my run and uh, like how fast he runs. I'm like, God damn it. Like I need to get (laughs) off my, my ass. And uh, do something, that's for sure. I, I did uh, I did a lot of miles in April, but I did nothing oh, in May. <laughs> I sat on my ass. But I'm, I'm drinking all the beer that I have left. And then I am going to stay with uh, seltzer. I'm going with uh, liquor. I'm going back to keto. Because uh, uh, that Buddy's pizza, Buddy's pizza I had today was not keto. That's for damn sure. Uh, Robert, <laughs> welcome to the chat. And welcome to the uh, show. Hi. Rob, where's that Kool-Aid man glass at? There it is. <laughs> so we'll let uh, we'll let Rob settle in just a little bit. Um, are you guys? Because you 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 said the word yet when you were talking about not making uh, beer or not scheduled to make beer. Do you guys plan on making uh, alcoholic beer anytime, um, or maybe going into a different realm of say non-alcoholic mead or alcohol? Um. So kind of our. Uh, view is like the craft beer world is incredible at making every kind of alcoholic beer and like so there's 
like a lot of our value add is in the non-alcoholic realm for sure. Um, if we do anything with alcohol, it would be super low alcohol, like one, one and a half percent. Um, something super sessionable to kind of like just for any middling occasions or anything. And um, yeah, I think it could be fun for people too. I mean, session, like a lot of session beers are still like 5% and that's kind of just a full strength beer, you know, Bill, every, every beer is a session beer. If you try hard enough, that, that is true. But did you ever think about like a 3.8% like English dark mild, something like that? People would well, that's, get into that. I mean, even even uh, not necessarily the dark mile, but like the Toffel, like the table beers um, that you it. see in Germany that are really low ABV. Um, obviously, that's more of a cultural thing that we don't necessarily have in the United States. We're a bunch of binge drinkers, especially in Michigan. <laughs> um, yeah. But do you do you see that as a potential market, or is that just kind of you know going with the wind blows, but ready to go if and when you want to go? Yeah, we just don't have the bandwidth right now, but we get a ton of requests for it, um, for like 2%, 1%. Um, I I know it's not a market in the U.S., but I also think that's because there are no offerings. I don't think that's exactly interest. Um, it's kind of like a chicken or an egg type thing, potentially. And um, But it's it's also not like... We're not trying to like convince people to not drink alcohol or say that like two percent is better than five percent it's we're just saying that there's already great occasions and beers in the higher end and we want to add occasions and beers and people to the craft beer world awesome yeah we're hearing we're hearing a little beeps in the background so um we'll uh we'll continue the conversation and keep it going uh rob now that you're settled in why don't you tell us what you're drinking uh, I am drinking, um, as I guess usually doing my uh, apparent sponsorship with Eastern Market Brewing slash Ferndale Project. <laughs> uh, that is how I am starting out. So I am starting out with the uh, bourbon barrel-aged Mezcal Margarita Goza with this sucker. And it is I've, – I've already had like two cans like this so far this week. This thing is this, – this is amazing. Nice. John, did you grab a drink? I know you said you might you might have been getting up and getting one, but you looked very comfortable in that couch. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I'm drinking one of our free waves. All right. So. Uh, what what kind of beer is it? Why don't you tell us about it? Oh, we lost him. Uh-oh. Yeah, all of a sudden we got a still shot. <laughs> All two weeks in a row. It's got loads. <laughs> uh, like all my beer when yeah. loads myself. I, the, <laughs> makes for makes a great TV. Terrible audio. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The uh, magic of, of of live radio on the internet. John, let's try this one more time. All right, can you hear me now? Perfect. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Okay. Yeah. So it's 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 a double IPA in non-alcoholic form. Uh, it's just got loads of Chinook and Amarillo cryo hops. Uh, Got a light, simple, kind of weedy body, kind of a blend of east west. But yeah, it's just a delicious, juicy IPA. Have you guys made a hazy non alcoholic IPA yet? Uh, this kind of borders on it. And uh, Reed, one of our brewers, is actually brewing a, a full on New England IPA uh, next week. 
Interesting. Um, nice. We'll definitely have to. Uh, I mean, come come July first, we'll have to hit you guys up to send it to the distro over here for us to uh, try it on the show. Why don't you talk to us about your ambassador program? Tell us what that's all about. Yeah, and um, yeah, John. Thanks for murdering my social men- mentions by saying we're brewing a hazy. I'll- <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, and the ambassador program is something that really grew out of, sorry for the beep, they're moving tanks around. Yeah, all right. Um, but uh, yeah, the ambassador program is something that emerged after like people kept reaching out to us and asking if they could help spread the word and people running all sorts of races and doing cool stuff and wanted to share our beers. And so we've got a group of like 300 amateur athletes doing all sorts of cool things from fastest known time adventures to running races to just sharing beers at barbecues in their community and so it's been an awesome group in the community that we've gotten to know uh, but i'll go back on mute because it's pretty loud i imagine <laughs> it's not too bad no so how did how did it like come about though like was there just like people wanting to promote you and you kind of just started a program because everyone was reaching out yeah. I mean, my cell phone and my email were the company emails for like the first year and a half. And like, it's like so humbling and awesome. Like the inroads we were getting from people and like with great ideas and everything. And so we eventually wanted to build a program to like do them justice and honor them, like the cool things they were doing. And so we feature our ambassadors every Wednesday on our Instagram and we fund some of their adventures and um, it's really fun. Uh, I don't know who this might question before, but why don't you tell us? Because you guys sell, uh, sell, donate two percent of your proceeds um, or your sales to uh, uh, trails and parks. Why don't you tell us about two, uh, two for the trails? Um, yeah, so two for the trails is we donate, like you said, we donate two percent of our gross sales to trail and park cleanups and. Uh, in addition to that, we get our, our whole team together, uh, you know, in various regions and we will go collectively as a group and also help clean those trails up. Um, so, you know, it could be a local town trail or it could be a national trail. Um, and we, uh, yeah, we're going to donate hopefully about 4% of what the U S government donates for funds yeah, on an annual basis to trail and park cleanup. Uh, Rob, you came in a little bit late. Ashley's been kind of blowing us up on the uh, uh, the chat. He wants to know if you guys are going to be making any more sours. <laughs> I would. Be we interested. are indeed. Yeah. So we have. You know, we've had a couple of sours come out of the pilot system in Connecticut, and we just started stepping them up onto forty barrel batches. And part of the reason we wanted, you know, to have another facility and to increase our capacity is because we were, you know, I'm not going to say being stifled, but we were just so busy cranking out the the flagships that we needed some capacity to explore and be creative and have a lot of fun. And so San Diego is really going to assist with that. And so we definitely have some sour options and some fruited options coming out in the next couple of months that we're pretty excited about. Anything you want to uh, tell us? <laughs> drop a, uh, yeah, drop yeah, a bomb no, right so, here. 
No, so, so we have a, it, our goza is called the downwinder goza and it's got uh, a lime leaf coriander, you know, it's, it's just really refreshing, delicious. Um, and then we'll, we have a raspberry version of that that's going to be coming out in July. And then in August, we have a blackberry Berliner Weiss that should come out. Oh, boy. See, all these sound good. What's the shelf life on all of your guys' um, beer? Uh, we stick to a standard, it's six months, um, but it's, you know, fully shelf stable for way longer than that. Do people still complain about IPAs if they're more than like a month old? Um, <laughs> honestly, we we haven't had much of that issue. We've been flying through product and, you know, this stuff remains fresh and we have a really killer quality program. And so, you know, we retain samples of everything and taste them on the back end and taste them every month, see how they're developing. And, you know, all in all, it's, you know, I got to attribute it to the team, but the, the shelf life is, is doing well. See, I've, I've had a few of, of your guys' products. I think there was the, the stout. I know with, with Ashley asking some of the, a bunch of the questions that are out here, he actually had pointed me to some of the beers one day while I was in there. And I guess for, for myself, they, they are definitely enjoyable. They, they taste like beer. They, they, they are there where, you know, they, they have the flavor. And I think for, for myself and, and kind of, as a, a much bigger guy than I feel I need to be, uh, I do plan on getting myself in, into some some sort of exercise regimen. But my problem is, is that I don't feel like I can get away from the beer. So I, I am really kind of like getting even excited about Gozas, which, of course, that was not me about a year ago <laughs> about Gozas at all. Uh, but yeah, all those those flavor combos that you have coming down sounds really really enjoyable that's awesome thank you yeah i mean that that's why we do what we do and like you know i i love beer too um but you know i didn't need to be drinking as much as i was drinking before and i but i seriously i just love the ingredients i love malt and i love hops and i love them together um and i love them like in all formats and so that's kind of what we wanted to do is just like like Bill said, you know, make more occasions and just, yeah. yeah just I think especially, it. especially for some of us that since the quarantine has been drinking a bit more than what we're normally <laughs> used to, that this would uh, help with uh, keeping some of that, those, keeping some of those pounds now. Yeah. I've also been known to crush a rogue box of Cheez-Its or something like that during quarantine. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah i think i think once once everything's kind of lifted so i know dan everything's opened up over there in arizona right oh yeah for oh, a yeah. weeks now um what people are flying in to come to arizona for that we had we had a um in indiana there was a billboard outside of Indiana that said, uh, welcome Michiganders from Indiana. You can go do X, Y, or you can go to a restaurant here or something like that. Um, which is interesting because we just learned that three Floyd's brew pub is going to be closing for a couple years. They're, uh, they're estimating, which is huge. Now the, that's not the production facility Production's still going to go. They're still going to distro. Um, but I mean, that stuff's fairly 
odds and ends to find at the beer stores to where it was just so much easier to show up to the brewery itself. So I'm hoping maybe on-premise to go is still going to be there. Oh, they don't growl or anything, which I mean, shame on them anyways, but uh, <laughs> not like I, I mean, they have too many IPAs. I just do not handle that. Like I just the want story of every brewery though, man. I, I mean, last, last week we were talking about how a lot, there was a, a handful of breweries like old peninsula, how I went through a flight of eight without dealing with one pale ale. Um, so uh with athletic brewing obviously you guys are in a very uh a niche market that's kind of exploding within the uh the world are you guys looking you know we kind of mentioned about non-alcoholic spirits or non-alcoholic you know al- non-alcoholic alcoholic based drinks are you guys looking to get into anything else or are you just going straight non-alcoholic beer because i mean ten thousand barrels is nothing to um <laughs> nothing to say that it's bad like because it's not it's the huge that would you you guys would actually rank um if i'm counting correctly uh maybe like eighth in the state of michigan in your barrelage just simply by doing non-alcoholic beers um so are, are you guys like anything else down the line like what's what what's 2020 and 2021 looking like i think uh it you know the the near future holds just satisfying market that we've been underserving for so long and really kind of getting out there, hopefully on a national level and really exploring the craft non-alcoholic beer segment. Um, we'll never say no to experimenting, I think. And on, I think honestly, as a creative individual, like I would love for a little bit of time to be doing more of that. Um, and so I hope for me and for our whole team that we get to do that eventually but right now we're gonna you know focus on what we're doing and just create more na beer well before you guys go um everyone kind of talks about you know beer tales mixing beer with liquor mixing beer with you know gin vodka etc um i know bill you don't drink so there might be even a, a a sneaky good one with you um but to the question to bill or john do you guys have a good beer tail recipe uh for one of your beers especially one of the two that you're bringing to michigan july 1st um i know a lot of our uh, or some of our on-premise bars in bigger metro areas do do creative cocktails with our beer. Um, Listen Bar in New York is really particularly good at that. And they do everything from thoughtful cocktails with our IPA to like CBD infused beers and stuff like that. So um, I like what they've been doing a lot with our beers. That's Listen Bar. Um, but John, do you have anything at home that you do or I haven't heard of it, but. No, no, I'm I'm just kind of a call me old school, but I I drink it sometimes even out of the can. Yeah, same. Well, guys, thank you so much. Uh, again, here in Michigan, we can't get you until July 1st, so definitely look out. Reach out to your local party stores. Um, tell them that it's going to be coming July 1st. Do you guys um, know who the distributors are, or at least a, a couple of them, so people um, can look locally? We should probably wait till we're fully signed, but um, no worries. Shout out to our Michigan stores who were carrying us before we had to stop sending it. And uh, big thanks to Ashley for all the love. Appreciate that. 
Thank you guys so much for having us on. Really appreciate it. Nope. No problem, guys. We are going to take a quick break. John and Bill will let you get back to work. It's only four o'clock over there, John. So your day or Bill. So your day is not over. Uh, John, uh, thank you so much for joining us. Um, we will definitely have to have you on. And again, the next time you guys are in Michigan, don't forget to hit us up. We'll have you guys in studio. Uh, trust me, it's a little more rowdy. Uh, and for you, John, it's a little more drinky. But uh, Bill said he'll drive us anywhere we want to go um better and bill i know where the uh the non-alcoholic uh whiskeys and vodkas are for bars so we can get you some uh actual non-alcoholic cocktails uh so that's gonna do it for segment one uh go check out athletic brewing in michigan see them july 1st here and uh, we will be right back with the better on draft podcast thanks guys have a great week thank you thank you
There we go. Better on draft podcast episode two twenty one. That is right. My name is Ken. Uh, the four of us are here. Nick is hiding from the sun. It is yeah, round what do you do, two. Dick? <laughs> Those of you in the chat, tell us what you're drinking. I will start first because very interesting. Uh, I'm I'm doing barefoot hard seltzer. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I got, buddy. Can, I got, what made you buy that? It existed. <laughs> Um, I actually was looking for odd side and there was the, (laughs) the, (laughs) I went, I went to Tippins Tippins, which is the Ann Arbor craft beer store. Didn't have it. So, um, our friend Wes, friend of the show, shout out to Wes, uh, shot me a message with the, uh, um, where it's located. So I'm going to have to go look it up for sure. Uh, but for right now, um, it says barefoot hard seltzer, key ingredients, white wine, sparkling water, natural flavors. Oh boy. Yep. That could be that that insecticide. They put in some of those, uh, some of those, uh, those seltzer waters, not the alcoholic ones, but I, I still don't understand. I saw white claw, um, no flavor seltzer water. And I'm like, you're, so you're just drinking flavorless alcohol. Yeah. Like at least, I I at least want a little bit of flavor. Drinking Uh, some hard, some hard Perrier. Why not? Nick, what are you, (laughs) Nick, what are you doing over there? I do. Well, well, I do have a white claw now. White claw. Oh yeah. I got a raspberry and then I got a truly, Mango. You need Great. to take a sip at each of those at the same time. You made me go grab a damn seltzer out of the fridge. I don't <laughs> Wait, want what, to. What is going on with the I seltzer don't know. right now? I so. don't know. Y'all are trying I mean, right now. Are you just I'm learning that there's a craze about seltzer? No, I mean just lately because this this week, like between you guys drinking the seltzers and then you know, uh, I guess Matt. sort of shout out to Matt Bush who's basically throwing his flag down like Marvin the fucking Martian, like this. <laughs> This is it's it's seltzer land and it, it just planting his shit land. down where it's like I told y'all this this is it this is the stuff this is where this is where everything's going and it's just like like no 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 as I see that he just joined yeah he says not. white claw pure is the best that that makes oh someone boy. no Harry needs to get into alcoholic water now because <laughs> so with with the news. That um, uh, obviously the Michigan beer uh, guide is no longer um, every year. They used to post the numbers issue. And uh, this year, obviously, is the first year they didn't. I happened to get the numbers and oh. I've got a uh, a spoiler. Um, Michigan craft beer is down. Down? Uh, down. Really spoiler, I don't think. Yeah. So last in 2018. um. All of craft beer sold 573,000 barrels. Uh, 2019, we're down to 533,000. So we're down roughly 40,000 barrels, uh, probably about 8%, given a rough percentage on that. Um, one of the big drops uh, that we're seeing from one to one is uh, both Bells and uh, founders or Sam Miguel Rapids, Charlotte Street, whatever. <laughs> um, I did. I did. Did you see that post I sent you today? By the way, Rob, about you loving on founders uh, four years ago or five years ago. 
Yeah, that was that was a different time. I was young. I was vulnerable. I didn't know. Oh boy. <laughs> um, yeah, that, was, that just caught me at such a different age of, of, of craft beer that I just I, I don't didn't know what to do with myself. So, yeah, I, I have to live with that. <laughs> that's that's just what happens. Um, I have to live with this. Other other interesting drops in production uh, include Old Nation, um, Perrin, and Griffin Claw. I don't think is much of a surprise, mainly because I think they started to uh, move production to their their cider um, program, which ciders do not count uh, towards beer production. Um, yeah, so definitely a, a little bit of uh, interesting information. So we're actually putting together, um, we're going to release the 2019 numbers here in the next day or two for people to uh, nerd over if you guys are a spreadsheet kind of person. Um, nerd we- over. I, I mean that it, it kind of that's what I loved about the the Michigan Brewers uh, Michigan Beer Guide uh, yearly thing because you were able to kind of see who's growing who's um, condensing. Uh, what I also learned pulling the actual numbers is there are a lot of brewers license out there uh, that aren't brewing. Um, roughly forty six uh, brewers license out there that just aren't brewing whether they haven't opened yet or. Um, but they, they're paying taxes, like they're, they're reporting to MLCC. So, uh, closed breweries like, uh, Bird Creek, uh, that was a brew pub, uh, breweries that haven't opened like by George. So there is definitely a lot of breweries that are still, uh, reporting that still haven't necessarily, uh, done anything. And of course, like you got it, like Fort street, which brewed one barrel last year, uh, before they closed up. Didn't do a whole lot. Not not really. No, they they lasted longer than I think even they expected. Yeah, they did. They did. And and I mean that was, you know, at the time when I was living out there, that basically was my local craft brewery. And they I mean, it felt like for me, you know, their their beer, I guess to me, was at least average. Um, but the thing that kept come having me come back was um they made a damn good scotch egg. Oh wow. Yeah. <laughs> made you go there, huh? Mm-hmm. They, they, they actually made some some beer cocktails as well that that were really good. I mean, uh, I I have definitely I I've gone to Lansing Brewing Company multiple times, and I've never had one of their beers. I thought they were good. I've, I've seen a lot of stuff on on Facebook where people have just kind of just tr- gave Lansing Brewing like the the Shatwater treatment. <laughs> it's like ridiculous wow. how how bad they got they got hit, and you know as as I'm I'm seeing Matt posting and saying things about shipwreck, um, and I mean it, it, it's certainly not on on that level. Um, I thought they they produced decent beer, and you know the time that I was out there, it was you thought was shipwreck a- produced decent beer? No, Lansing Brewing, not not shipwreck. I mean Lansing Brewing is still doing good. Shipwreck did 18 barrels in their entire time open. Um, yeah. that they registered with the MLCC, obviously. 
Um, Lansing Brewing. uh, Lansing Brewing's been very consistent. They've done 1747 in 2018, 2061 in 2019. um, Sorry, 2017, 2061, 2018, and 1934 barrels in 2019. Um, The big thing that we are learning is is that the numbers that I pulled from the Michigan Beer Guide uh, do not necessarily match the numbers from the MLCC. Uh, So the numbers that I technically have from 2018 and 17 are from the Beer Guide. 2019 is straight from. the MLCC. So I kind of got to figure out what uh, Rex Halfpenny did over there to, uh, to make the numbers. Cause there's definitely a big discrepancy, but I think the big discrepancy happens at the bigger uh, breweries, which is no big deal. So your top breweries of 2019. Um, so we'll go with the top 10. We'll kind of go in a circle. I'll have everyone, everyone guess and uh, see if we can knock them out. We'll start with Dan to make it easy because he's no longer in the state. Um, this does include uh, non-craft beer in the state. So uh, you could tell me the top. You mean like founders? <laughs> there you go. Places founders. Like founders is actually number two in the state. Uh, Nicholas. Uh, Bells. Uh, Bells is number one. Rob? Uh, Shorts. Shorts is number three. That is just their Elk Rapids. Does not include their Bel Air production. Uh, oh. Going back to Dan. Top ten in the state? Top Ooh. ten in the state. Just simply on production. Ooh, this is a tough one because I don't even really know much. That's anymore. why I wanted you to go first so you're always <laughs> the first one in the new round. Oh, geez. I have no idea. I couldn't even name a Michigan brewery off the top of my head anymore. <laughs> oh, man. That's not good, Dan. Nah, I uh, suck. I suck. Well, we Stay knew me. that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. I don't know. I pass. Uh, I mean, what what's that, that barrel-aged beer you're drinking? Oh, New Holland. There you oh, go. thank you. Okay. <laughs> I'll only cheat for you once. If it comes back around, right. you're right. I got to start thinking. I wasn't well, ready. Which one was that? Which uh, place were they were in? Uh, four, five, six, seven. They were eighth. Eighth. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So uh, who's next? Is it Nick? Nick is up. Yeah. Um, let's go Atwater. Number four. So I'll uh, I'll, wow. I'll throw out the numbers real quick, just so you guys know. Uh, number one, Bell's at one hundred twenty-four thousand. Number two, Founders, 66,000. This is just their production facility. Um, Elk Rapids, number three, 38, 127. Atwater Brewery and Tap House. So this is the one just in Detroit, 22,017. And then New Holland, uh, which is just the production facility at 11,873. Robert. Um, Perrin. Perrin, that is number six. Perrin running it in at 13097. Dan. I'm going to go with the brewery that actually just got out here about a week or two ago and say Jolly Pumpkin. So uh, Jolly Pumpkin is a decent guess, um, but none like the, the Nubco Dexter is uh, number uh, 13. Oh, wow. wow. Dan, you are out. Nicholas, you're back in. Uh, this is, I'm thinking, I'm thinking this one because of the contract brewing, Brew Detroit. Brew Detroit is not on the list. Beers that they make for other people do not count. Mm. Rob, do you want to take the cake? I mean, the beer that they made on contract was M43, so I'm going to go with Old Nation. Old Nation number five. Uh, I wanted to say it, but... 
Filling out the top 10, number seven, Griffinclaw, 12, 840. Mm. Number nine, Kiwana, 98, 93. Holy crap. And number 10, Black Rocks at 75, 75. Really? I forgot about them. I I was, my next one I was going to say was going to be Rogue, considering how much they've been. I thought about them too. Pushing their beer. Well, you'd be surprised to hear Roke undersold Dark Horse this year. Wow. Well, last year, 2019. Uh, So what was missing in between what Dan said with Jolly Pumpkin and Black Rocks at number 10 was number 11, Sagatuck Brewing. And that is just Sagatuck, not Gonzo's big dog, Sagatuck Kalamazoo. Uh, Sometimes I wish they didn't buy Gonzo's. I, I miss the vanilla porter that Gonzo's had. I uh, I still will always have the memory, and I'm sure Matt will always remember. Uh, Matt and I, when we went to the Michigan Brewers Conference, we uh, had some beers at Gonzo's, and we were playing Scrabble, and I played the word yes, and he put an E in front of it, and my response was, what is E-yes? <laughs> <laughs> and I will never let myself down for that, uh, even though I did win the game of Scrabble, so Matt may have uh, bested me in the yes to eyes, uh, but I bested him in that game for sure. Uh, There is a lot of uh, news going on within the state of Michigan, not necessarily um, craft beer specific. Uh, I'm trying to roll up right now. There are a lot of beer laws, uh, house bills going in uh, for beer. Um, so we've got HB 5341, which talks about uh, provisions related to brew pub license conditions. 42 eliminates allowing certain microbrewers to deliver beer to retailers and clarifies electronic advertising procedures, uh, which I think is a good thing because I think that's the one that removes the inability to market um, tap takeovers. Because uh, if you guys didn't know, it was at one point illegal to uh, talk about tap takeovers at bars. Okay. Um, do that on. I mean, that actually kind of goes back to one of the stories I had about the brewery in California that, you know, they couldn't post about their tap takeovers on Instagram because they were actually getting hit with fines by uh, the California State Board. That, that was a brewery that got hit with, I think it was something like 60 plus uh, citations that forced them to have to close one of their facilities. Because they they couldn't afford they couldn't afford the fines the fines were something uh, upwards of like I, I think it was like almost half a mil and they could not afford it so they they had worked out a deal to just close the facility for six months. So. Uh, continuing, we have uh, all, all these start with fifty three. By the way, so fifty three forty three. Um, this is the big one that we've talked about so many times: the uh, increase in self distribution limits for microbreweries. So that increases from. Uh, 1,000 to 2,000 and eliminates in-house numbers, which is pretty much the big thing that kind of hinders your uh, production. Because at some point, once you hit, you know, 2,000 distro barrels, you're, you know, you're really getting out there. Um, For clarification, uh, those people who are at 2,000 barrels uh, currently, um, if I can do my math real quick. Uh, 26, 57, 32, 32 of the breweries. So, um, uh, eight, 8%, 9% of breweries in the state of Michigan, um, would have to, even if the law was 2000, not including in-house. Um, so obviously including in-house, um, 
you know, the number 2000 isn't necessarily too big and you're going to want to uh, distro anyways. Look at barrel and beam. Like they were self destroying for a while, but you yeah. can only self distro so much from uh, where's that Marquette Marquette ish Marquette ish. Yeah. It's a bad spot. <laughs> So, I mean, their beer is selling like hotcakes, and I still have that that wooden uh, container that they sent us the beer in, which I truly appreciate. You can check out their uh, their episode, which was one of the Fall Beer Fest episodes, when we could go back to beer festivals. Um, yeah. And speaking of, since we lost summer... Um, we, lost, we lost summer. GABF is canceled. Taste of the Midwest is canceled. Um, I, I guess, I you know, now that that is gone... You know, that now puts us into the question of whether or not um, is the Fall Beer Fest going to make it? I hope it does. I, we're, we're at a point, uh, we'll I, see. It, yeah, there's like, we'll see, but I think we're at a point where now here we come at the end of May and everything in June is starting to get canceled. Everything in July, like, um, you know, rest in peace, my, my damn uh, Run the Jewels Rage Against the Machine concert, July. Faith uh, No More and Corin got canceled today officially, and that was in August and September. So I'm um, curious because movement, I think, is uh, scheduled for Labor Day weekend now as opposed to Memorial Day weekend um, if they cancel. But I'm waiting to hear the, the lineup for movement before I cancel my tickets. Um, yeah, the Kentucky Derby, I think, is October now. Oh, I don't wow. think it's actually going to happen. That's so weird. <laughs> a, big, I, I, a big major I, I, October uh, Derby. That's horse normally race the in fall. Well, that's normally the what's the Cup. one? Yeah, the Breeders' Cup Breeders is normally Cup, October. Yeah. Uh, Jason Gregory says not a chance that festival is done. I think they may do the UP Fest and might not do the Detroit Fest. I I think there are very good odds for that. Um, the UP Fest is a lot more spread out. Um, that you could create fairly well social distancing in a festival um, of that scale. Yeah. Uh, be just because how big the site is, but how small the event is. So it's not like it's, it, it has a, it's a lot more spread out than um, the summer beer fest. It's not as big, but it's still more spread out. Like you don't feel crowded. Like you do the, um, the fall and right. the winter yeah. fest. Yeah. 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 And, I, and- for 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 Matt's post, uh, Matt just said that he would wear a dress if the Fall Beer Fest happens. I am simply going to say <laughs> that I get to pick that dress. Yes, <laughs> I agree. I totally agree. Matt is saying Demp is done. I don't know if Demp is done for Labor Day or um, but, uh, Yeah, I need. To, I mean, that's that's four hundred dollars. I'm going to get back if I can't go because that was that was a bucket list concert to go see Underworld. Say so what? Uh, what happened to that being like ten bucks to get into that? It used to be What's free to get in, <laughs> but I I'm, I'm I paid for two tickets obviously all day pass for Saturday, but I also paid for like the VIP area where I can go fucking sit down and shade and cool because you you know Memorial Day weekend is usually one of those stupid hot weekends that happened in Detroit like, um, this, like this past weekend exactly <laughs> so I'm like you know let's let's just buy this you know expensive ticket so we can go whenever we want we can get in and out whenever we want and we can like go in and out burger what do you yeah we what? can get in and out burger no we can get in and out of the Whatever festival <laughs> um so uh, there is uh, a little bit, a lot more laws that are going on right now, and we'll kind of just go through them. Um, in regards to uh, beer buybacks from breweries, um, I'm hoping this can allow for a lot more 
I, I just, uh, I think the big thing with a lot of these laws, a lot of these laws rely on each other to pass. And I think a lot of our, um, state representatives are very, very in tune with just updating these laws at this time. And I think this is the time we need to do it because if we don't, I don't think it'll get done. Um, because well, if it, I, if done, then I think fewer, more breweries are going to close. Well, I, the, the big thing here, especially in the state is, is that, you know, can it, will it have to help the industry? Yes. Will it fuck anything up? Not really. I mean, what's, what's, you know, allowing a brewery to buy back beer. What does that really fuck up? And not, not a brewery, to, not a, like a, a retailer, or a, um, uh, distributor, because distributors obviously buy back beer, but a, a brewery to buy back beer. If I want to buy back, buy back my beer, what if I can go and sell that to Rusted Crow to turn it into a whiskey or, or sanitizer? I mean, hell, especially that right now, too. If I can buy back, if I could buy back bad beer to send to any type of distributor, um, whether it's Supernatural or New Holland or wherever, like that's the huge thing. Uh, Dan, we don't have sanitizer, obviously, or we would have showed it on screen. <laughs> Um, you can see obviously the screen at facebook.com forward slash better on draft if you're not it's listening super live. Hot in, in Arizona, 7 no. p.m. Eastern. Yeah, it's only five. What are you guys talking about? <laughs> <laughs> it's only five o'clock. Nick said it was super hot, and you told us the time. So thank oh, you. I thought Dan. he said 7 p.m. Eastern. Apparently, it's, it's really hot over there. It's only 111, 112, something like that. Um, beer fest. Beer festival special uh, requirements. I think that allows for you to be able to have um, more than just beer at a festival. Uh, beer, wine, uh, and well, no, didn't they axe all that a while ago. Well, they they didn't axe it in the sense to where they had to start following the law. <laughs> yeah. um, those nine ciders, like we can't do that no more. <laughs> so, uh, but the big thing, like for instance, how the Great Lakes Wine and Spirits Festival is, um, they have the beer in a separate area so that it's two separate festivals technically. Um, Smart move. So that you can technically do both, walk in and out of both. Still, one of my favorite liquor festivals I've ever been to because what costs for like a half ounce shot of beer or sorry, a half ounce shot of liquor was the same as like a three ounce pour of beer. And I'd rather go fucking sip on a bunch of random like uh, distilleries from the state than going to drink beer. And then I also, because it's in Grand Rapids, you go to Donkey Taqueria. Um, and if you've never been to Donkey Taqueria, that is probably one of the best bars, especially if you're a tequila fan. Um, there's a lot more laws that are going through. Um, in regards to, uh, having to register every single beer too. I remember when we were talking with, uh, brewery four, two, four and how there was another brewery near Holland that got in trouble because they did not register all of their draft beers, um, to the MLCC, uh, that they had to take off all their beers that they didn't register. So basically their draft list was nearly their entire can list. Because that was everything that had to get approved by the MLCC. Um, we learned that kind of the hard way. Because in 2019, uh, in January, there was a MLCC representative at the Michigan Brewer Brewers Conference who talked about how you had to register every single beer. And somebody was like, can you clarify? Does that mean every beer that we distro or every beer, period? 
and the MLCC said every beer period. And you saw like half the brewers. Cause I was in, there was, there's two different panels at every single hour of the conference. There's the, the brewer's science panel. So science, agriculture, brewing, you know, sanitation. And then there's the business side. And you guys know me enough to where I'm on the business side. And somebody mentioned that. And like, you just saw everyone pick up their phone, start texting people. I'm sure, I'm sure a handful, a handful of lawyers got a bunch of, uh, uh, messages and I know at that point the guy's like let's come back to this and we'll make sure everything's okay but uh, from what we heard like somebody got all of their taps pulled until they registered all or trademarked or registered all of their labels <laughs> and you have to make a, a, a different label for each beer so you have to like basically whatever if you you do like a label where you write the name you just label it with the name um yeah, definitely a pain in the ass. We we have the problem with Michigan is that we have too many post prohibition laws that never got changed, even though we were one of the last states to change from uh, eighteen to twenty one. Yeah, no, we, we've obviously with with all of those, we we've got a lot to change. I was just thinking about the whole registering, which I because I thought that was what happened at Dark Horse with the with the four elf event that was supposed to happen last December or November, whatever whatever time frame that it was that it, it pretty much left all of the craft beer fans out to dry because they couldn't sell the beer because it wasn't registered. And they, they essentially... I, I, I think Dark Horse had a lot more internal problems than yeah, issues I mean, was, with the liquor board. Before they got bought. But yeah, there was there's obviously that. Um, I'm pretty sure like all of you guys that saw the news about uh, some of the... you know Obviously, we've seen the closings that have been happening, uh, but then there's the moves that are happening as well. Uh, and coming out this week with uh, Arbor Brewing Company's um, downtown Ann Arbor location now deciding to uh, relocate. Um, I don't think it actually said anything about where they were going to go, but it is definitely something that uh, the downtown area, uh, but what's on that street is pretty much them, uh, Blue Tractor, which they make their own beer, uh, and then Haymaker, shout out to Haymaker because they, you know, they they have quite a bit of a crappier selection themselves. Um, that's about it that I can think of that's in that downtown Ann Arbor area. So the problem with Ann Ar- Arbor Brewing is, so they did a full remodel in 2016, I believe, um, and they're basically you could technically fit three restaurants or three places in that restaurant area in that Arbor Brewing. So they have three front doors technically. They only use one or they only use two out of the three. Um, the center one they don't use, but that whole space, I don't think they have the ability to make the money they could having owning all three. So the, especially the stuff in the back too, the owner, I'm guessing the landlord or whatever, uh, and which we can go to landlord disputes here in a second. Um, the, the amount of money they're spending at these types of places. <laughs> are not going to um like it's just you just can't make enough money for that um i think the last time i was in there i felt like um because i think i was like yeah the last time i was in there i was hosting trivia and i kind of felt like the space could definitely be used better It, it the way that it was it was situated in the area it almost made it seem like it was a craft brewery that just so happened to have a dance floor and I don't think I've ever seen that in any crap brewery before where there's just like so much open space. And it was just, it was really, really weird. 
Yeah, and I mean they're they're only doing 440 uh, barrels a year at that facility. Uh, most of their production's done at Corner, obviously, uh, and they just opened up Plymouth. Um, in collaboration with their owner, Beagalora. So they have a Beagalora Pizza slash Arbor Brewing Company in Plymouth. Um, and then they still have the, I still call it Corner, just like I still call frickin' Pine Knob, Pine Knob. I mean, it's still Corner. Everyone calls it Corner. It's still, it's still corner. <laughs> yes, Pine Knob to the DTE employee down there. <laughs> pine Knob to me, bro. Yeah, right. Yes. <laughs> We have that. I mean, it's it's Pine Knob to a lot of people. Every time I go see Bare Naked Ladies um, over at Pine Knob DTE, every single year they always do um, like they they play their show and then they have a specific rap for each uh, city that they're in. So like I did one at the Toledo Zoo and they had a rap about the fucking lion that's watching them sing because the amphitheater at the Toledo Zoo is right in the middle of the zoo. Um, so the one in Michigan's always about. Uh, calling DTE Pie Knob and how it's always Pie Knob. Love, um, it. Love it. Oh, by the way, since uh, it got the, the style got mentioned, shout out to uh, Dan on this one. Urban oh. Rest, a English uh, English dark mild. Nice. Although I feel like it's I need to soft. go to Urban Rest tomorrow since I'm going to be Nectar. Um, Jason Gregory in the chat <laughs> is saying the Ann Arbor location was poor for service every time I went. Uh, Corner is way better. I, I think Ann Arbor... I'm I'm gonna say it was a victim of its city, a victim of its culture, its everything. Um kind of Tower of Babel. I mean <laughs> it you're you're getting the people who work for the downtown Ann Arbor probably go to U of M. Um and you're probably getting U of M, you know, uh students there. So I think there's just it's just not the necessarily best place for uh that kind of brewery. Being part of a family of Spartans, I will just go ahead and let you keep going. But uh, Jason Gregory is is a uh, huge uh, U of M person, so I, I would almost say tread lightly. But fuck that. What's he gonna do? This is my show. He can unsubscribe. <laughs> Hit that unsubscribe, but no. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, maybe he's the guy that is now subscribed to where we're not struggling anymore. So I should try. Yeah, oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, it's, it's definitely a different culture. Obviously, I've worked as well as partying in um, Ann Arbor. Uh, I've worked at Good Time Charlie's and the the Taqueria above it. I've worked at Maze Cantina. Oh no, Maze Cantina's uh, Ypsilanti. You used to hang out. At Necto, yeah. I know. I, I know I, I've I've only been at Necto once, actually. I used to go to Necto all the time, so I'm just poking fun at you. So. Um, I I feel like I missed my time at Necto. That was uh, a little bit before your time, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> first time I ever threw up from drinking was after a night there. What? So, oh. that, yeah. <laughs> uh, that is gonna pretty much do it in regards to, uh. Um, better on draft. The one thing I guys, I want you to do is um, house bills, 53, uh, 41 to 53, 55, and then 53 or 5,400. Um, talk to your reps. Uh, we'll post all the information onto the description of this, uh, um, uh, this 
episode. So if you go to betterondraft.com, search uh, episode 221 for Athletic Brewing, you can see all the house bills. Um, you can read up on them. You can get more information. You could find out who the person that sponsors it. You could see if uh, your representative sponsors it. If not, reach out to them. The big thing, you know, we don't talk politics. We don't, um, I think the big thing, especially after we were talking to Michael Weber, uh, Representative Weber, uh, we don't talk partisan politics here. We talk politics about beer, but we don't talk partisan politics, and that's the big thing here. Um, so no matter what side you lie on, make sure you talk to your representative. Explain to them how this will help not only your city, their city, I should say, their territory, their area, the place that they represent. Um, make sure that they know like how much it's going to help the local community, whether it's not necessarily their city, their county. And not necessarily their county, their area, you know, just because I lived in Troy, Michigan at 18 and John R doesn't mean that literally a half mile away from me was, you know, Macomb County. So all of these things help out so many uh, people. So we want to make sure you go check it out. Uh, go check out all those bills. Again, they'll be at the bottom. And that's good. Yeah. Saying that, um, the moment you said, no matter what you think about your, our, the politics, I thought you were going to say, we think it's better on a ballot. <laughs> oh jeez! <laughs> I was waiting for it. That's good. It's <laughs> a good one. Well, I I I got the definitely the uh, the groan uh, for potentially creating a new podcast called uh, the uh, Politics on Draft Cast or Podcast. Lord, wow, you're done, Ken. You're done, Dan. I heard you roll your eyes there. <laughs> yeah, you're done. Um, uh, guys, check out our sponsors, the Tuna Liquor over in Rochester Hills. Uh, go check out North Center Brewing over in Northville, Michigan. Uh, Still have it. You can uh, go to Hot Mike and download the Hot Mike app, and you can watch live 7 p.m. Eastern on the Hot Mike app. Use the code BOD to register. Um, that's important for those who don't have Facebook. That's okay. I understand. I want to delete mine all the damn I time. Think I, was, I was the last one, so I don't know who you're still talking to. Uh, the last one to join Facebook. I know a lot yeah, of people who don't yeah. have Facebook. I'm surprised. I thought it was the last holdout. You know who doesn't have Facebook, Dan? The kid. The kid doesn't have Facebook. Oh, Jesus. There you go. Okay. Right. So and Don't forget Tavor is still out there. That code is still out there for anybody. Yep. Yeah, I am not happy with Tavor. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I I just not enough fucking beer that I want. And then the one time there was a beer today, I think that got launched. I hit it like three minutes in and it was sold out and I was so mad. You don't want 19 IPAs? What are you talking about? No, Dan, I don't want 19 IPAs. Those people who do want those 19 IPAs, the the promo code is still out there, Robear, R-O-B-E-A-R, and that will get you a $10 credit after the first $25 you spend on beer. Yeah, Nice. All right. Uh, yeah, betterondraft.com, better on draft on Twitter, better on draft on Instagram, better on draft on Facebook, BOD podcast on Untapped. Uh, I'm sure we'll start using it again once we kind of get back into studio. Uh, don't forget to check out our Instagram for kill shots. And uh, yeah, guys, thank you so much for joining. We are going to be leaving the Hot Mic app, but we will still be on um, Facebook. We're going to start a new uh, episode, and you guys will be able to play Jackbox with us. We'll play three games as normal. And no matter what you think of your beer, we think it's a seltzer. No better on draft. Have a good night. (laughs) Peace.